Welcome to season three of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers, and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge, and give you an insight into the industry. So grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen in to season three of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today, I'm joined by an award-winning, highly experienced expert. She's an e-commerce acquisitions and digital marketing strategist for the retail sector. Helena Dingley, Retail Marketing Manager for the EMEA for Fitbit. Welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Hi, Melissa. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I, I'm uh, delighted to be here and thanks so much for the, for the invite. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled. And I was saying to you before we started recording, I'm genuinely fascinated by this topic today. So I'm going to be listening and probably making notes in the background. So I'm I'm really pleased that you've made the time to be with us today. So look, let's jump straight in, in the age-old fashion of the Retail Tea Break podcast. In the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which is about two minutes, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so um, I currently work in Google as retail marketing manager within the Fitbit team. And uh, my background and experience is mainly within e-commerce and digital marketing uh, within the retail industry, um, both on the client side, having worked in UK and Irish retailers, and both on the agent side as well, um, having worked in e-commerce uh, agency. So um, I have many years experience in digital marketing, uh, e-commerce, project management and performance marketing as well. And I have a particular grow for the retail industry and for content mar- marketing also. That's incredible. And as I said, your experience is unbelievable, which is why I'm so grateful you're here today because you've, you've seen so much. And I think by the looking at your kind of expertise and your background, you've grown as the industry's grown and changed, which is amazing. So most retailers and makers I know kind of say that they know they need engaging content. It's one of these things everyone says. However, I truly believe that a lot of them don't really know what that is. So when you talk about content creation, what do you mean? Yeah, so I think, you know, content means a lot of different things to different people and different brands. Uh, but mainly it is your, your your videos, your your copy on your emails, your website content, your user generated content. And it basically needs to demonstrate to your customer the value of your product or your service. So what is the use of your product to your to the customer? And if if this is demonstrated in, and this theme is across all your communications, it makes sure that the, the brand remains uh, relevant and remains competitive. And with content, there's two parts to content. There's the content itself, uh, the creation of content. And then, of course, it's the targeting the content and bringing an audience to the content. So there's two, two parts of content. Um, when I talk about content, the more main source of content for online retailers is your website. Um, so you have to make sure that it's a window worth looking at um, and really t- take, take uh, time to work on your website. Um, over the last few years, we've seen a huge jump of uh, the amount of uh, shoppers that have tried a new brand for the first time. So in 2020, 24% of shoppers had tried a new brand, and that actually jumped up to 51% in 2022. So 
uh, we can really see as retailers wow. that since yeah I know since COVID um, customers are willing to try new brands and it's kind of like a double-edged sword if you like for retailers you know on one side uh, customers are willing to try your brand and try different brands for the first time but on another side of course you know they can jump straight on to mm. to a competitor and um, so I think uh, Retailers just need to keep this in mind and try and be unique, be worth seeking out. Um, and, you know, I suppose retailer in 2022, you, you cannot be everything to everybody. Uh, you need to know what you stand for. Um, so just going back to the retail website, I always talk about a website in terms of your physical store setting. And I think the way to have a very successful uh, website is to bring it back to the basics, really. So you know, every morning, let's say you work at a store, you manage a store, you go in, you walk the shop floor, you make sure everything is where it should be for the customer that day. It's it's the same with your online store. Your e-commerce or your online team should really be placing regular test orders, seeing exactly what the customer is going to see in terms of automation, emails, uh, the filters, navigation, all of that, um, to make sure that it, it is working as it should. Um, and then the little things such as um, on your shop floor, you make sure you have enough space for to see your, your merchandise. It's the same with your online store, making sure your navigation, your filters um, are up to speed and customers can easily search for your product. Um, you have your A plus content then. And when I talk about A plus content, this is like your uh, a, uh, 360 degree video content, your infographics, your really detailed content. And this is whereby a sales assistant is giving you the extra information. Uh, this type of sales assistant, of course, is of great benefit to a retailer in terms of performance, but it's actually a great benefit to a customer as well because they're explaining about the product and they're helping you to, to make a choice. So for larger retailers, you would have a content syndication tool for uploading content. But if you're a smaller retailer and you're actually uploading it yourself, you need to make sure that you're actually prioritizing A-plus a content. Um, I often say as well, there's little things such as the A-B testing on your on your website to see how your content is performing. And if, if you don't have these tools in place or you simply can't get to that stage right now, you know, have a look at, at larger retailers and um, the likes of Very, the likes of ASOS, uh, even Amazon. There's certain things like, for example, there's no coincidence that all of these brands have a different color add to cart button at their product page. And this is because, you know, obviously this does entice customers to go that extra mile. Um, so there is a lot of things that can be done in terms of content on a web store. And it's probably the first thing uh, as an online retailer that I would uh, hone in on. That's incredible. I have to say, even the amount of information there, but it's it makes sense the way you talk about it there that, you know, so many retailers you're used to as a manager, a supervisor walking around your store, that actually your website is just the same. And I guarantee you there are plenty of retailers and makers listening that simply don't do that. And actually, by the sounds of what you're saying, it's vital to running their business, you know, especially at this time of year, that this is something they get into the routine of doing. So I suppose... Creating content then on the surface seems quite simple. You know, you listed there some of the key ways to create content, but actually the impact, and I think this is phenomenal, the impact that it has on the customer and the brand and maybe the way the brand is seen is immense. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And there is there is there is obviously a lot of um, ways that content can really impact uh, the performance of a retailer. Um, so social media is one obviously that has huge impact for for any retailer um, and uh, especially influencers. So the the rules of engagement are very much set with the influencer or influencers agency at the moment, whether that will change in the future or not. But but at the moment, uh, retailers need to be quite cautious in terms of what influencer they use um, or how many influencers they use because you know your budget is obviously going to dwindle very quickly. Mm. Um, so you need to make sure that you use an influencer that resonates with your customer. And the way an influencer will resonate with your customers if you know your customers. So it's quite important for a retailer to have that uh, the, the data in place to know their customer. Um, and when talking about social media and the impact it has uh, on retailers, I think one that shouldn't be forgotten is LinkedIn. Um, this platform, I know it's it's kind of one that we always we, we, we never, do. Always. <laughs> you know what? We talk about the kind of snazzy ones. We talk about yeah. the exciting ones, the pictorial ones like Instagram and TikTok. But I am so so pleased that you've mentioned LinkedIn because it is it's forgotten by most retailers. I think so, and I, I think it's the thing that sets LinkedIn apart from um, from your other social platforms is its um, its incredible organic reach. So it's a, mm. it has a perfect organic algorithm that really you know it can broaden the scope of your brand. So it's just one not to be forgotten about. Um, so yeah, so that's in terms of social media, of course, for content as well, you know, you have email marketing. So email marketing is probably like your, your first traditional, uh, mm. online marketing activity. Um, and it's, it's actually as, um, as impressive as ever, because now you have your automation and your personalization. So automation is like your back in stock emails, you know, your uh, welcome series, abandoned cart series. Um, and then your personalization is whereby you segment your your email lists um, based on, on their behavior. And so it makes sure that a customer is receiving an email that's um, that's engaging, that's relevant to them. And that's quite important. Otherwise, you can go down the loop very quickly of becoming quite spam-like. So you want to make sure that you're doing your segmentation on your emails. At the very least, that you have your email lists in place whereby you divide it into prospects, which is those that have signed up for your brand that haven't purchased yet, mm. customers, and if you run a subscription-based model that you have lapsed uh, as well. Um, so that, that's just to, to begin with. Um, and yeah, so I think um, uh, videos is probably another one for social, uh, sorry, for content to really um, focus on. So when we talk about video contents, we probably just think of our Instagram, TikTok, that kind of thing. But again, another forgotten one is uh, YouTube. So um, YouTube is the second largest um, search platform in the world after Google. So there's loads of customers searching for your brand there. And, you know, if you don't have a channel, you're leaving leaving other people do the talking I about your brand. I did not know that. That's incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the second largest search engine. So uh, and if you do have a channel, you have to make sure that you're updating it. So, you know, if I find your channel and I see that the last time you uploaded a video was a year ago, that really speaks volumes about the brand. So it's very important that you um, that you're using it. And, you know, even you can use content or videos that you already have. Uh, there's brands such as Dyson that do, does this very well. They have a section there 
uh, called reviews where they upload their influencer marketing videos. So, um, you know, you can, you can make sure that you're there. Uh, and to begin with, you can upload the video content you already have. Uh, you can link your product feed so that it's the, the videos are shoppable. And uh, they have, there's new initiatives there on YouTube, like shorts, which is your condensed um, video content. And that, again, opens up a, a whole new audience as well. I'm I'm genuinely blown away. So I'm sitting here scribbling like a mad thing. There's there's so much here that I I didn't know. And I guarantee you again, as I said earlier, if I didn't know it, there's plenty of retailers and makers out there that didn't realize that YouTube statistic is is unbelievable. And I think it just shows the importance nowadays of video, as you've said. We're we're used to reels and we're used to snippets of video on on TikTok and Instagram, but actually nurturing this. And it's not a new platform, but it will be for a lot of people. Nurturing this platform just seems like the way forward, um, which is amazing. So thank you for telling us that. Your top tips then, and as I say, I've already scribbled loads down, but what are your top tips then when it comes to creating content with all the experience that you've had? What would you be telling those listening to do? Um, well, my main top tip, tip would be to be user centric uh, across every single communication and every single touch point, you know, always think of the user or the customer. Um, and another tip would be, you know, it's it's nowadays false advertising is much more than, let's say, misleading a customer about your brand. So false advertising used to be, you know, you'd say about your uh, misleading information on a product but at the moment but these days it's more to do with the brand and the product so for example if you say you're a sustainable brand or if you say you represent a certain cohort of people and um, that needs to be reflected also in your internal processes and in all of your communication so it's, it's just a point to to note um uh, another uh, thing I would also say is to really know your customer and that's kind of the beauty of digital marketing um, is that there's no excuse really not to know your mm. customer there's a mindful of information there whether you're using your free tools such as analytics and you're just setting up dashboards for for each uh, piece of information and for for your activities such as google ads and all of that or um, and you're setting up maybe your customer um flows as well your uh, funnels so you can see where customers are dropping off um, or you might want to use bespoke um, platforms but you know you do, really do need to know your customer and you know as the old saying goes anything that's not measured is not managed so you you do need to go back to basics for that um, I think as well just to be consistent in all your messaging and the easiest way to do this is have a centralized CRM platform whereby all of your communications are coming from this. And this is the easiest way for a retailer to be consistent in all of their um, communications with their customers. And as a retailer as well, maybe uh, depending on your size, but, you know, recognize which is your preferred method of communication and really, you know, prioritize those so you know as a team say this is the preferred methods of communication we'll prioritize these and these will be available 24 7 and that basically means that your average response rate then is reduced and it increases your brand, brand loyalty so um and i would say as well to the the user generated content is always very very important this is your reviews this is um yeah where you know, the, the customers can't touch or feel the product if they're buying online. So um, whether you're using um, 
a programs if you're a larger retailer such as Amazon Vine where whereby you're connected with your targeted sampling group of people or you're a smaller retailer and you're just using you know Trustpilot or a views yeah. platform but you need to make sure it's very easy for a customer to leave reviews on the company especially uh, and the product um, and um, I think sometimes it's good to be bold as well about your content. <laughs> it's always good. Uh, so uh, from time to time, you know, uh, you need to initiate content. It's very easy. It's actually quite hard for a retailer in terms of having content every week. So other than <laughs> saying new in or sale, yeah. you know, it can be quite hard. So um, sometimes by being bold, you can initiate content. And we see brands over the years doing this, such as Alibaba, who created Singles Day. You know, they didn't have a new product. They didn't have a new service or anything new, but they created um, a, a day, a shopping look, day. Look how much that's worth nowadays. Exactly. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So if only we thought of that, but um, yeah, it just shows you there's other brands, uh, Patagonia, which um, told us yeah. to not buy the jacket on Black Friday. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, they, they basically knew what they st stand for and they they um, they they didn't want to get into this um, yeah. kind of uh, consumerism uh, piece. And uh, I'm not saying for retailers actually to not do Black Friday, because I think it's actually a really important part of the mar marketing calendar. It's um, it's part of your ma marketing calendar now, but it's more that to really know what your brand stands yeah. for and from time to time to be quite bold in the demonstration of that. It's really refreshing to hear you say that because again, I think some retailers get stuck in that this is new this week and this is new that week and actually it is quite dull and we do scroll past. So it's really nice to hear you say, just go out there. I think once you know what your values are as a brand, stick to them, but be bold. It's a it's a brilliant, brilliant message to get out there, Helena. And I suppose you, you've talked about Black Friday there briefly and we are coming towards the end of, of 2022. So I have to ask, while I have an expert in the room, what does 2023 look like for the industry? What are you seeing or feeling is coming towards us? Yeah, I know. Uh, if, if only we all knew the answer to this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs> in my personal opinion, I think uh, personalization is obviously the key going forward. I think retailers are already there. They're already linking their loyalty scheme with their um, online system. They're, they're linking all of the systems. Uh, they're getting their, their data in place so that they're relevant uh, for the customer and engaging for the customer. Uh, the only um, potential trap is having all this data and not actually using it then not having a, a team in place a data analysts in place internal processes in place to actually use this data so i would encourage retailers you know to set out a clear journey for this because it, it is it is uh, the way forward um i think as well obviously we can't uh, forget uh, augmented or virtual reality and yeah. um, it's 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 something that i'm not necessarily sure if customers are there right now but you know in 5 to 10 years time absolutely and it's something that retailers need to start thinking about and we already see mainstream brands uh, dipping their toes in here uh, which is really interesting i i think actually we we saw a couple of weeks ago uh, marks and spencer launched their very first virtual uh, influencer, uh, Myra. So um, I'm not sure if I necessarily go out to buy what what is she's wearing in terms of uh, influence. You know, it's always good to see different shapes and sizes. But I think, uh, you know, it's, it really shows brands are, are starting to take notice mm -hmm. and starting on this journey. Um, and 
one that's it, it, an obvious one is social commerce as well. So um, social commerce is on the rise. Uh, I think customers will gravitate towards this more and more. They start shopping within the social app and social apps will become a, an online store in their own right. So that's, that's something uh, definitely for the future. And I think um, the in terms of retail, the merging of the physical store and the online store will become it'll become more blurred. There'll be more in terms of one offering. So the advantages of the online store you'll see on a physical store and the the advantages of the physical store on an online setting. And just bringing it back to Marks and Spencer again, so we can see that you can now purchase up to the value of 50 euro in store. Uh, without having to go to the till you know you can scan it on your app and pay for it there so this is an advantage of convenience brought to a physical store and um, we also see it uh, in amazon style stores in the us whereby you can go and and scan your items and they're automatically sent to the changing room for you you don't need to carry around your products your oh clothes. i love that idea <laughs> um, yeah um, and then of course when you get to the changing room there is a there's a touch screen there whereby you can um order in more sizes or whatever you need so that's the convenience again of the online store brought to the physical store and then the physical store the added value of the physical store is like your a plus content that i spoke about earlier um, on your online store. So this will become a lot more blurred and we'll see it as as one channel as well. I'm I'm blown away. I think it's really exciting. I know kind of people have said to me, oh, there haven't been any new trends the last few years. Well, we're still battling with the end of the, the of COVID, let's yeah. just say it. But actually I'm loving how we're starting to really push these boundaries as you talk about now, you know, the blurring of lines. And it's convenient, it's efficient, it's easy for the shopper. All these things you're talking about now is, and that's really exciting. And I think if that's all that's coming up, it's huge. You know, it's it's a great kind of way to migrate into the future at an ease at which the consumer's happy with it. So I love the sound of that. And I'm very excited if we can start shopping in stores that, you know, clothes can magically appear in fitting rooms for me and I can get more brought to me. I'm loving that. How efficient and how exciting would that be? You'd be in there all day, which actually, yeah. again, is probably the reason for it. And therefore I would spend more. So that's incredibly clever. I love the idea. So look, final question. And my goodness, today's episode has been so full of useful tips and things. But what's coming, I suppose, for you over the next few months into 2023? For, for me, um, well, you know, gearing up towards uh, busy season, um, silly season, you know, gearing up, uh, getting everything ready. I work with uh, global retailers um, wow. on our search performance and on our content performance as well. So, yeah, just keeping busy with all of that, really. Sounds incredible. It really, really does. Helena, I want to thank you for all these incredible ideas and tips you brought today. I'm certainly a lot clearer on not only what content is as that kind of umbrella term, because again, I think it's something that's just been bounded around the last few years, but actually going into so much depth there about how we can do things better, you know, the different content we can use, the different platforms we can use for it. And that's of such good use to the retailers and makers right now out there. And even if that they bring into 2023 I think it's going to be an exciting year so Helena thank you so much for joining me today and um, I really appreciate your time thanks so much for having me Melissa thank you